Most of you know I had surgery to repair a brain aneurysm earlier this year in Baltimore, Maryland. Indeed, many of you had gathered around to lay hands and pray over Elliot and me as we left that Sunday morning. On the way to the airport, Elliot told me that it wasn't until he had been surrounded by the community in prayer that he felt able to face what was ahead. And he marveled at the difference between friendships he had long cherished and the power of friends and community in prayer. Well, those same prayers had a significant impact, effect on me as well. In those moments, I was filled with the most extraordinary sense of well-being, an acute awareness that no matter what happened, or, or even if Elliot should return alone, all would be well. It was clear that this sense of well-being was not tied to any outcome. It did not promise that there would be no disability or death. It was simply naming a deeper reality, a timeless reality, which then sent me into surgery in peace. I did not, however, come out of surgery in peace. Because of the location of the aneurysm, all the major muscles that tie into the skull from the back and the shoulder on one side had been dissected, and the muscles were not happy. They, they seized and spasmed with outrage. And I could not be sedated because the surgery had involved my brain, and so I would need to be alert to wiggle my toes, to push and pull on command, to, to touch my finger to my nose, and then touch the roving finger of the doctor. My brain had been the target for healing, and my muscles were collateral damage. It hurt so much. I could not... I smile now, but I could not imagine how I could bear it. I pulled out the whole bag of tricks. I tried every prayer I knew. I tried meditation, relaxation. I tried to express gratitude for the great healing that had begun, but there was no relief. There was no way to transcend myself. I felt completely cut off from every comfort and every meaningful connection. Then Elliot reminded me how so many of you had kept vigil during the long hours of the surgery, and that as word of the pain had spread, your prayers had even then continued after a long day already. And something truly miraculous happened. No, the pain did not dim. <laughs> not even a bit. But suddenly, inexplicably, I had a capacity to bear it. 
Suddenly, an image of a great green undulating web of relationship began to glow and ripple in my consciousness. And I understood somehow that this web was supporting me, not the way a net or a hammock beneath me would support me, but, but this was a web to which I belonged to which we all belonged, with each of our lives intersecting another like, like fibers in a weave that stretched throughout creation. I had the vision of my own life, heavy, heavy with pain, weighing down this web, tugging and warping on the weave. But the web seemed infinitely pliable. I watched as it sparkled with what I assumed were individual prayers, those moments when you turned aside from whatever you were doing, shopping, working, tending your families, or some of you keeping vigil in the church. It was those, those moments, I imagined, when you were holding me up. The web, then, was bearing for me what I could not. I understood then that the only thing I could do for myself was to unclench myself, my body, my being, and to allow myself to be suspended, to trust and release into the great weave that holds all things together. Letting go, it turned out, was the only way to, to hang on. Well, this isn't all about me. This is Trinity Sunday, <laughs> the day we celebrate the being of God rather than the, the doings of God so we so often reflect on. And when we dare to peer into the inner workings of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we find relationship there also at the very core of all being. The 13th century Franciscan philosopher, theologian Bonaventure described the Trinity as a fountainfulness of love. He said, picture three buckets on a moving water wheel. Each bucket fills and empties out and swings back to be filled again. The Father empties into the Son, nothing held back. The Son empties into the Spirit, nothing held back. The Spirit empties into the Father, nothing held back. Now this, like all examples, is a heresy, but it does point to a truth. The Trinity shows us that there is no hierarchy, no, no dominion in God's power, even among the Godhead. A divine power is shared power, it's the letting go of autonomy. The Trinity shows us that the center of the universe is self-emptying love. The center of the universe is infinite love, which, which then overflows into all creation. And being made in the image and likeness of God, we too are given a bucket of love to pour out and the opportunity to hold nothing back. But too often we worry about running dry, about whether there will be enough at the end of the day. And so too often we create a series of locks and dams to keep love level. 
What my experience in Baltimore showed me was, that the, mirac was, 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 was the miraculous power of that love flowing freely through your prayers, rippling across space and time, strengthening, encouraging, reviving, sustaining. It confirmed for me what science and technology and theology both teach us today, that we are profoundly interconnected, interdependent, and whole only together. The image reminded me of one I'd read in the book The Luminous Web, written by Barbara Brown Taylor, and she writes, in a world like ours, which even the new science calls a web of relationship, there is no place to stand apart from and above the rest of creation. Only in the most abstract sense can we assert our sovereignty over blue-green algae, toads, palm fronds, and swans. She explains that we are different from algae, toads, palm fronds, and swans only in that we are conscious of our connectedness. We're different in that we have the gift of awareness of our unity. That, in the end, is what makes us human. But that awareness also leaves us with an obligation. Once we know, once we recognize that we are in relationship with all else, we are obliged to care for and cultivate the web that, that binds us to one another, to all creation, and indeed to God. Because we are human, we are given the responsibility of living, of loving, as fully as we can within that web. Taylor continues, our dominion, such as it is, lies in the privilege of our consciousness. We, among all others, have been given the job of keeping covenant. We, among all others, have been given the privilege of knowing whom to thank. Meanwhile, we live in covenant with every living creature of all flesh, and our survival depends upon the responsiveness, our responsiveness, to that fact. Water wheels, buckets, and webs all fall short of the deepest, truest reality to which they point. That we are transformed into the greater likeness of who we have been given to be in those very moments when we pause to pray for another, in those hours when we share a meal with a hungry or lonesome neighbor, and in the lifetime of doing the slow, hard work of dismantling systems of injustice. That we are most whole when we give ourselves away. Most fully alive when we open the floodgates of our hearts and allow the infinite source of love to splash through us into the lives of others most holy when we honor God by caring and communing with the creation that holds all our lives in common.
in the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity. Amen. <laughs>